Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In this episode of How Do You Hustle, we talk to James Parr. He is a Wurundjeri model, triathlete, disability advocate, and writer. I found this conversation with James so important. We discussed things like representation in the modeling industry and the media industry, as well as overcoming adversity in your life. James's attitude to the experiences he has been through in life are just incredible and I think his career you know speaks volumes about how hard he does work. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording the Yugambeh people and paying respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today on How Do You Hustle we are joined by James. You're a disability advocate and model. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday, so I'm feeling very happy to yeah. have made it to the end of the week, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Same, but I feel like my weeks and days are like all blending into one. So the fact that it's Friday doesn't excite me. Like, oh, right. Yeah, that kind of like, okay. Work from home but vibes. Yeah. I always um, feel like, I'm like, what am I doing tomorrow? Oh. You know? Like, <laughs> well, I follow you, and it looked like you had a fun night last night. Yeah, the NGV um, yeah. Uh, exhibit opening, I think it was. Yeah, that yeah, was fun. That looked good. So, I mean, at least you've had – I feel like sometimes if you do something during the week, by the weekend, That's you're like, me. I just want to yeah. chill. <laughs> yeah, just like I feel like I've done the weekend. So, James, tell us what you're currently doing and what you are currently working on. Yeah. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm a model, so modeling. Um so I'm doing that. I'm also, I've started writing in the last, like, uh, months. Yeah, yeah. So for a couple of, um, you know, media outlets like Pedestrian TV, Mamma Mia, I also oh. write um, every second month for Urban List as well. So great. doing that, what I'm currently working on is, I think in the last year, I've sort of gone full-time per se as my own business. So which is myself. So I think I've yeah. sort of just um, still working on finding that balance and creating a healthy sort of routine um, and like work time frame, I guess. Um, trying to find It's so hard. Yeah. That's, so hard. that's what this whole podcast, you know, revolves around. Yeah. And like, 
it's not easy to nail that, is it? Like I feel like no. until you do it, you don't really realize just yeah. how challenging it can be. Like I used to work a nine to five. Well, not even yeah. like nine to three. And <laughs> but you Love know, uh, I was working in schools and I feel like then I was probably somewhat like busier, I guess, like set time. Mm. But I fit in so much more. And now I feel like I just don't know how to find that balance. Like I will do something or I'll go to an event and then I'll come home and think, oh, I need to do this. I need to reply to these emails or even just like getting back into, cause I'm a triathlete as well. And I took last year off. So now I need to start training for next season. Oh, wow. I don't even know how to find the time yet. I actually have more hours. Yeah. It doesn't like, I don't know. And I just feel like my schedule just goes up and down. Um, yeah. And I think with writing as well, um, that's a big one and and freelancing trying to you know get more work and hustle um you can put so much time into that like and when when you you've got deadlines but you're the one policing those deadlines yeah like I I can so relate to that because you're kind of like yeah it gets to like 10 o'clock at night some nights and you're like oh I kind of got some energy I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna work now and then you wake up the next morning you're like I have no energy I can't do the For training sure. or whatever yeah. <laughs> we have like that little like um What's the word? I don't know why I can't think of it. Um, Burst of creativity or? Yeah, like a little bit of, yeah, whatever it, whatever the word is. <laughs> um, and then I'll jump on the computer. I also have ADHD, so I will, right. I don't want to put copious amounts of like attention on things. Yeah, because you can hyper fixate on something. For sure. So like I even sometimes struggle, I guess, with losing an actual full set routine and then having to create it myself because I'm like, I don't want to do it and I don't have to. <laughs> like, yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> so just, it's, yeah. It's so challenging. And I think you kind of learn how you best operate and eventually, cause I did it all last year, eventually it does click into gear, but it took me, I reckon it took six months yeah. for me to be like, okay, this is my routine and this is what works. <laughs> And some days that's different, you know. Sure. Yeah. So I feel like I had like just started getting into a routine and then I went to Sydney for like 10 days for fashion. And, <laughs> and you lost it again. Yeah. And I'm like, where do I? Yeah. Do I yeah. Um, no, for yeah. sure. So yeah, it sounds like you've got quite a varied like mix of things and like very different things like training, like athletically yeah. to the to then writing you know um so know, yeah. yeah like yeah. tell us about your career you know before what you're doing now and you know early on in your career um because I know you've you know you've had quite a lot of different um roles and experience and quite a story yeah. to tell as well yeah well I guess like growing up I always wanted to be a teacher and I had my heart set on that so when I finished high school, again, ADHD, did not want to go to uni, did not want to sit down, did not want to study. I actually ended up getting a traineeship working at a special school wow. um, for a year. And then that went into um, like a seven-year contract. So I kept that. And then I started studying teaching online and those sorts of things. And then I ended up working in a mainstream school because I think my whole sort of heart and passion there is like the student welfare and yeah. kids who have challenging behaviours or come from trauma or have a disability. And so I went into mainstream, I think, for four years. 
and then welfare. Um, I was a welfare officer for about six months before I sort of decided to um, sort of go, like uh, pursue my own career in in modeling and and that sort of thing. So yeah, I I reckon around so it was around twenty one when I got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, and so around then was like the best timing but the worst timing because I was also working as a support disability support worker outside of school hours so for myself um so on weekends and wow and evenings and that was like creeping up to like oh okay I can do this full-time and so I was looking at potentially growing that business and making it full-time and then also hiring staff and then the month later I got diagnosed with cancer so um that put a hold on for a whole year wow yeah like just before I got diagnosed I felt sort of like stuck in my life um Mm. I felt like everything had just I don't know, it's sort of just been like going well and I was doing everything that I loved, but I felt like I wasn't in the right place. Like I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. Wow. But also I didn't know what I should have been doing. If you, if. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think actually having that diagnosis and then having cancer sort of like reignited, okay, like what am I going to do afterwards? Gave you that kind of perspective of like, holy shit. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. sometimes, sometimes it takes that. But, um, you know, that must have been a bit of a scary time. I like, I think your outlook's so incredible um, that you just said that, like, even that you can put a positive spin on something like so horrible, but (laughs) you kind of don't have an option sometimes with experiences like that, you know. Um, but yeah, like I would, that was my next question. So, you know, it did change your perspective. Like what way do you think, I know you said it kind of like rerouted your direction, but yeah, like what, what do you think you learned from, from that? And then what did you decide to do after that? Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I think really what I did learn was just sort of, you know, you, there's an expiration date. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you sort of have like that. not invincible. For sure. And so I sort of then thought, okay, like, what am I actually doing that is going to fulfill me and make me happy? And so I think, so as part of the the cancer treatment was an amputation of my lower leg. Mm. And then, so when I finished chemo and, um, went back to work on those types of things. I actually, my friend, her family owns a clothes shop. And so um, I just did like this little video with, with her and her friends and whatever, Fun. this clothes shop. And then that sort of circulated online. And then wow. six weeks later, um, I had someone in my DMs about a modeling job. And so I did it. That's crazy. Yeah. And then it sort of really, it was just this big snowball effect going on from then and you know I think speaking and sharing um you know my experience of that because and then becoming like a disability advocate and I remember one day um it was my friend my best friend and I don't know why I was thinking about it but I think this just gave me the realization of I guess the potential I had and it was such a weird question 
I think we were talking about dating. And I just said to her, I'm like, oh, like, would you ever date someone that had a disability? And she said, yes. And I was like, okay, so if I asked you this three months ago before I acquired mine, would you have said the same thing? And she goes, no, I probably would have said no. Wow. And I was like, fuck. Oh, I don't know if I can swear. But I can. Like, yeah. And I was like, shit, if I can change one person's mind about like this bad stereotype or like connotation wow. that is associated with disability, I can change other people's. That's really, that's really interesting. And I, yeah. yeah, I think for some people it's putting a face to disability. So, you know, I've, I, personally, I have grown up with a lot um, of exposure to disabilities because I have a brother with autism. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously that's a completely different kettle of fish, but, um, yeah. you know, he was constantly, you know, in those spaces. So therefore as a sibling, I was often in those, um, you know, support groups and meetups and um, yeah. And so I think for me, it's always been like very strongly in my life, but when people meet him and meet my family, they often, it's sometimes it's their first exposure to someone with a disability. Yeah. Or their first exposure to someone with autism or like, you know, for yourself, maybe you're some people's first close, you know, friendship or encounter with someone who doesn't have a limb or has had amputation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like putting that, for some people, it's putting that face and and realising that everyone's just human. (laughs) And. I'll be the first one to be like, yeah, I had that wow. ableist, I guess, thoughts as well because growing up I never was really exposed to it until I started working with children who had a disability. And even then, it being children and you as an yeah. educator or like a facilitator, yeah. you're, you're not really having that connection because it's not someone, I guess, your age. Yes. So it wasn't yeah. really put into perspective. Yes. I sort of had somewhat of an idea, but until it hit me, I was like, oh, you know, and like I acquired my disability. The second I woke up from the surgery, people started talking to me differently. Like, Mm. you know, I would get in Ubers. So sad. I'm like, yeah, even medical people. Oh, that's so sad. I'm like, what is sad? Like, I'm still the same person. I'm still doing the same thing. And I think, you know, it just sort of like became sort of really lonely because I felt like I was being belittled all the time. Yeah. You almost want to say, just treat me the same. (laughs) Yeah. It was just being seen as invaluable, you know. And then I guess that's where the motivation come into modelling as well. Yeah. It really comes down to the representation that we have. Yeah. And providing that correct representation. Because even if you look at like a – a, what a TAC ad? Yeah, they have a crash. At the end of it, someone ends up disabled. High possibility for sure, but the way that that's perceived and the way that it is um, made is that it's the worst thing that can happen to you. Yeah, and it's not. No, and like for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but after that whole horrible experience of your diagnosis and going through all of that. Did you come out the other side feeling like you almost got a 
second chance and that like you would have taken you would have taken your life without your leg over not having one right or obviously <laughs> Karen um I I think somewhat yes to like a different sort of light but I okay. also I think the whole time I was sort of like this was supposed to happen to me not in a bad wow. way I just felt like this was the plan and this is That's where I'm great. supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing um I don't know to me it just all sort of made sense wow that's amazing um, you have that outlook yeah like I just I don't know I just it always made sense to me and I was like this is wow. what I'm supposed to be and this is where I'm supposed to be and um like looking back now I would ne- I could you know the obviously through the treatment and um big long story there like it took a year to get diagnosed and then when I did get mm. diagnosed I should have done this and I should have done that I right. yeah it's like I would never go back in time yeah. and be like I or even question I want my leg back like it's yeah. literally I never cared and I still, and you almost I, can't go there because it's like well just opens a rabbit hole. You and can't, like, yeah, you can't change what, yeah. Like, you know, I, I guess afterwards there was like a lawyer that was like, oh, let's like go and sue the hospital. Like, why? Yeah. Um, Like, what's the point? It's not going to change anything. And I probably wouldn't change anything. Good on you. Um, It does, like, you know, it's it's not always easy to... I feel like you have two choices in those situations. You can let something like drag you down or you can take the opportunity and run with it, which is, you know, what you've done. You are just advocating yeah. and like you've turned it into such a positive thing. Mm. I think that's really a credit to you. Sure, um, yeah. I always say like you can sit in a in a dark room or you can turn the light on. But oh, again, I love that. Yeah, I know. It's so corny, but I love it. <laughs> Because it's like, and re- also, like, no one else is going to turn that light on. Like, you have to be that drive. Like, I've always, I've met with, like, other people who have acquired their disability also through cancer or other ways, and they do get stuck in that. And do you know what? Respect if you do, like, that's how some people grieve. Everyone's and journey's grieve. different, yeah. For sure. And I, and I get that. But I'm also like, let's keep going. <laughs> like, because you're just going to waste more time, you know? we've spoken about the fact that you were at fashion week. Um, How did you find it? And do you think that there is more representation um, and like more brands being inclusive these days than like maybe we've seen in the past or like what, what would you say could be improved in that area? It's, it's really, really slowly getting there. Yeah. There are some, um, like you know I think when so there's three different fashion weeks so I think Melbourne Fashion Week as a whole has the best representation like and diversity and inclusion across the board um moving over to Melbourne Fashion Festival that's a little bit tighter um this year was probably the first year that I haven't been the only disabled well model that had a disability so that wow was good to see but I feel like on the flip side like me saying that I feel like it was only probably included because I had a brand that made adaptive clothing 
in the show. Yeah. So I feel like if that wasn't in the show, would you still have hired those models? Wow. Respectfully, I don't know. Probably not. So I'm saying that very lightly. I could be wrong, but across the other shows, there was no model that had a disability. And I I guess it's also like a very niche area. Like not everyone who has a disability wants to model or, uh, you know, there's not a large sum of models that have a disability compared to models. But there are also models, you know, with invisible disabilities as well. So I don't know. I feel like we're slowly getting there. It can be tough with selection, but we are there. So um, people still need to be included, I think. Um, Australian Fashion Week, I just come back from there. Again, it's hard because it's not Australian Fashion Week that does the casting there. It's the designers. And, um, you know... I, I also totally respect when it comes to Fashion Week that, you know, a, a a designer or a specific stylist wants a show to be curated and to look a certain way. And, again, there's a very small selection of models that have a disability. So I'm also very mindful that because there's a small selection, there's not a variety to choose from. And if they want to curate or style a show to look very specific and we don't fit that brief, I I get that. But I also still think, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Let's make sure we have some sort of inclusion. Um, Definitely. Because, you know, you're you're leaving. I look at it in two ways. You're making people feel left out. Um, We're not exposing people to... um, real life people as well as models yeah that that are also the same and the third thing is you're losing some consumer absolutely there. yeah i was gonna you say that like your brand. <laughs> it's the general public watching and wanting to purchase and yeah you can't yeah. cut out a whole segment of australian well like, of the australian public so it's like wow oh. you know i um so, yeah, I, I think we're slowly getting there, but I'm also respectful and mindful that there is a small selection pool. But then again, we still are there. So I, I still feel like you need to make sure that you're doing something to have people included. Um, I know I, I do see it both ways when it comes to fashion week because I feel like it's a little bit different. When it comes to just like general modeling or campaigns or e-com, oh, there's a slow shift coming. Yeah. Um, it's a hard shift. I get it. Um, you know, I even see some of the brands that I've worked with or, you know, um, I know I think some of the brands that I've worked, that I'm, that I've worked with lately or I have upcoming, I'm like, oh, I think I might be the first one, which is exciting, but it's also like, why? (laughs) Why Yeah. Um, but again, mindful selection pool, but then again, it's like, we are there. So, yes. um, it's concerning yeah. to think that though. Yeah, like, that, like that has just been missed like, for what years. But like what's been happening the other year. Yeah. Um, and you know, but you look ten years ago, you didn't see the level of diversity on any level. You didn't see plus size. You didn't no. see First Nations representation. Like it's no. almost baffling. For you sure. Know. I don't understand how that was never. Yeah, I, I think 
it's probably also changed the way we view or the way we are as consumers now. So I think we're living obviously in a very consumer driven world. And so it's changed from seeing from wanting to consume something because you want to be or look like that person to having relatability and connection through now to how campaigns are run or how ads are run or down to the models that are chosen. Yeah. Um, Because I think now we're like, oh, we don't want to buy anything unless we're connected to it or unless we see that. Mm. I I get it also in the sense of the way the media has changed in the last 10 years. But then again. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. should have happened a lot sooner. A <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it it makes me feel good to hear that you are feeling more comfortable in those spaces and you're feeling like it is shifting. Um, But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any brands listening, okay. take note. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so how important do you think the role of social media is in working in the creative industries and like working on your own projects? And just personally, because I know you're sort of building your personal brand and your presence. Um yeah, what's your relationship with that and what's your relationship with, you know, the ever-evolving social media world? Yeah, it's, it's such a hard one. I feel like I go through waves. Yes. <laughs> I feel like lately now, like currently, I'm just like very unbothered by it, you know? Good. 
because I'm just like, oh, I just can't even be bothered even when, like, respectfully people message me, like, oh, I can't even be bothered to reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. You know, like, do not disturb on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know why, but actually Instagram, for some reason, I have my notifications on. It never gives me my notifications from Instagram. I don't know why. Oh. It's always, yeah. Kind of like, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it hates me, but, you know, respectfully, I'm glad it's happening. <laughs> notifications. Um, and so, look, it plays, it does play a big role and I have seen it in myself, even the stuff like that I share or the stuff that I talk about, um, even down to like looking at my engagement on certain posts, what people are in, engaging with, what people take away from the stuff that I say or the stuff that I do. Um, so it definitely has played a big part. I, I think it played, I think, because I probably modelled for about, like, as a little hobby for the first two years um, here and there. Um, and that played a big part in visibility of people being able to find me or brands or um, yeah, stylists, like those types of things and having some visibility. Um Whereas now, like, I feel like I have developed or created some sort of... I'm seeing you around more, you know, you've got partnerships. Yeah. Like, you're definitely yeah. out there. I, play, <laughs> I guess also through social media. And, yeah. Um, I guess down to who I am and um, the stuff that I talk about or the stuff that I do share. Um, so... It's very important. I, I do see the importance behind it, but it's also very consuming. Um, so hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, So many platforms now and so many, the expectation on how much content you need to be producing and even the time that goes into like reels and TikTok. People have no idea. <laughs> so much. Oh, yeah. my God. And I, and I really respect, like I have a lot of friends that just, very organically and authentically create this content and like the pro like the editing I'm like whoa I wish I could be like that. could be a full-time job no and it definitely is and um my manager also Sophie's listening love you but um, my manager is also on my back like you need to create more content I'm like I know but I just like it's just not difficult but it's just so like I don't know I just I have trouble with creating content that I feel like isn't just going to be boring because I want to have some meaning behind it because people don't not posting just to post. Yeah. No, people don't really care. Like come get ready with me. No one. Yeah. I don't know. I I would watch that. I follow you. (laughs) No, I know. But I sometimes just have trouble connecting with that. I get that. Yeah. And it feels, I think it's all feeling very same, same, isn't it? Like the trending content, the dance, the dancing videos, the sounds, the the get ready with me. Like it's the story times. Like it's all, I feel like the uniqueness is getting lost. And like, I will say that about your channel. Like, I feel like you, you are maintaining, you know, your own um, values and your content is quite unique and like authentic to you, which I a hundred percent respect. But yeah, like it's, it's such a battle these days because it, it's mm. like you're competing with so much content online. Sure. Um, yeah. And we're really so, moving to a shift of where it's really relatable and really um, 
just like people really being authentic. And so I do like that because I like, I like her, I think yeah. it was like a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just felt really, I just felt really stuck. I got really down, not down. Mm. I just, sometimes, you know, when you go through this period, you're like, all right. Oh yeah. You're just I need some time away from everything. And everything. yes. Yeah. And I just need to like recharge my battery and I'll be back. So I, I feel like I took like a week and a half off Instagram. I just scheduled the things that I had to do. Um, and then I jumped back on and I shared it because I'm like, do you know what? People feel like this. No one talks about it. Yeah. I love how people are like, oh my God, I hope you're okay. And I'm like, no, no, I don't like, I am. Yeah. It's what you're going and through. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to share because you might be feeling the same. I know that we all feel it. Like, 100%. We do. And I feel like, um, I know, I really like just being sort of a bit more real and honest on there as well but then it also does come come back with you know you having a bit of a community or some sort of platform and um you having people that connect with that and they want to talk to you about it and it's also sometimes a little bit hard because it's so hard to get back you can't to to for people to like come back and share with you um some of their own mental health issues, which, you know, I'm yeah. glad connected and that's why I did it. But like, it's also You're also hard. not a trained professional, like. No, you know, so it's, yeah. it, 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 it's like sort of balance of how you do it and what you do. And um, I feel like I have found the balance and I do have a good community where it's like, I'll, I'll give a little bit and, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so, but yeah, it's, it's that hard thing because you really now, I guess, I'm not going to, but to put it quite simply, to stay relevant, you really have to be doing those things. You have to be always um, on. Well, don't have to be, but you have to yeah. appear always on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, very important, but also a full-time job. A full-time uh, job. Yeah. Mine, I wouldn't say it's full-time because I'm just like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess like yeah. your the difference with you is like you're not making um that your only thing you know yeah, whereas like sure. some influencers that is yeah. their main role their main source of income like, job, yeah, yeah. yeah like I have a friend who's full-time con- like I would say more so content creator rather than like influencer obviously that's how they make their money yeah when they get the partnerships but they even just generally smash out content it's incredible. Everything. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing, but like. <laughs> yeah, like what if what if you wake up and you just can't be bothered? <laughs> yeah, and like I sometimes like not struggle with ideas. Like I definitely have ideas there. I just forget to put the camera there. Like yeah. I honestly feel like if I just had a camera. <laughs> yeah. 24-7 and we really just minimised it. It'd be entertaining. I'm, <laughs> because I'm the biggest idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like yeah, and chaotic, and I love just having fun. Um, but yeah, know, like, sometimes when you got that camera there, you know, to record, you switch it off. You put on a different persona, yeah. almost. Yeah. Like yeah. I was watching um my brother's girlfriend's son's like football game, and you know, I was sitting there like commentating, like I knew what I was doing, and I'm just sitting there, like, come on, guys, like let's wrap it up, you little fuckers. <laughs> I'm like, I could, I just need a camera here because <laughs> this is content. <laughs> Anything's content now, though. 
Um, so before we go, I'll just ask, so you said that you mentioned that you're training. Um, so tell us about that. Um, but also what else, you know, do you have coming up and on the cards that you can share? Yeah. Um, training. So I'm really just trying to get back into actual proper training. I had some issues actually with my prosthetic and those types of things. So, um, now that we've sort of fixed everything, it's so hard to get back into training. Yeah. Um, you know, I was training two times a day. Wow. Pre-season then in season. Um, so to get, and I've also had a year off cause I moved and then whatever. Um, so really trying to get that balance back and get back into consistency. Yeah. Um, and coming up apart from training and hopefully competing next season, um, I know I have a few little things like coming out soon, um, that I obviously can't share yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think just increased visibility and representation through, through modeling and, um, really trying to change that narrative, um, of the narrative that disability currently has. Um, and yeah, just really hoping I get to use my voice for that. I would like to, um, I'm going to start acting classes soon and getting acting. I do get some self tapes here and there, but then the thing that I find trouble with it was like, you're sending me a self tape for an able-bodied person. You're not going to because I add a different level of, um, depth to a story. But then on the flip side, I'm also like, well, why can't you just cast me? And we, that. Yeah. And write it into the, yeah. Or just keep it there. True. And like, it doesn't have to be part of the story. That's true. Yeah. Why do we always expect something to be a part of the story? Explained. Yeah. Like it doesn't actually. That's very true. That's how we come up with the notive of everyone coming up to me randomly. Like, oh, what happened to you? Like, well, it's actually not your business. You know? Oh, I Um, can only imagine. (laughs) Do you know what? It's died off a little bit. I feel like maybe because I live in Melbourne now. Before I lived yes. in town, so I feel like people felt a bit more comfy. Um, and yeah, but not not too much often. Um, like on dating dating apps and stuff. Obviously, if you've seen what I post, I just fuck around with people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I think that's amazing, and like. Yeah, I've absolutely loved um, talking to you and, like, hearing your perspective and, like, I really hope, yeah, hopefully I see you in some more media. Like, yeah, would love that. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that is on the cards for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have some stuff coming out, so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want to, I don't care but I can't say anything <laughs> that's so fine yeah I get yeah. it I can um I can give it a shout out when it comes out yeah yeah so if people do want to find you uh James online or um yeah on social media where can they go yeah so my Instagram is underscore James Parr and then I do have TikTok here and there there's a couple <laughs> of funny videos um which is just James Parr but with three R's okay um, but I will start using that soon. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah, I can't wait to see where, what happens next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So nice to finally meet you. 
I hope you all really enjoyed that episode. I know I took a lot away from chatting to James. Don't forget, you can follow him at underscore James Parr on Instagram or find him on TikTok. Thank you for listening. We have some more really, really exciting guests coming up on the show. I cannot wait and I will talk to you all really soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.